Good afternoon, everyone. It is Wednesday, June the 19th, 2019. It is currently 2.24 p.m. Central Time. Well, I sat down at my dining room table to have my afternoon devotional study. And I decided, well, if I'm going to do my devotional study, let me turn on family radio so I can listen to some hymns as I'm studying the scriptures. And about the time I turned on family radio, they started their afternoon Bible reading. So I was like, well, do I do my own study? Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll just pull out my Bible and I'll follow along. So they started their afternoon Bible reading. They read all of 2 Timothy, all of Titus, all of Philemon, and then they started the book of Hebrews. About the time they started the book of Hebrews, I decided to stop listening to family radio because when they were reading 2 Timothy, there was one verse they read that really got my attention. And so I decided I'm going to make that verse the focus of my afternoon devotional study. And then I thought, well, I'll pick up the iPad and I'll hit record and share this devotional thought with everyone else. And hopefully it will be beneficial. Hopefully you will benefit from this. I know this. The afternoon devotional thought for today is extremely practical and relevant, especially considering a very popular doctrine that is present in churches all around the world, all right? And I believe this Bible verse should cause anyone who holds to that doctrinal teaching to stop and question it and maybe reconsider it and possibly thinking about getting out of churches that teach this teaching that we're gonna, um, I'm going to explain, and then we're going to look at this verse that I think calls it into question. Are you ready? Uh, very straightforward, very simple. I should not take up much of your afternoon. I'll try to get right to it. All right, there is a teaching. Churches all across America, churches all across the world, and this teaching goes something like this. When Jesus Christ died on the cross as a sacrifice, not only did he die to save us from our sins, but in his work on the cross, he also guaranteed physical healing would be available to anyone who puts their faith in him. So not only did he die to save us from our sins, he also died to save us from our physical sickness, our physical diseases, our physical problems that we may encounter, you know, cancer, blindness, deafness, you know, it, it doesn't matter, sickness, headaches, backaches, you name it. If it's a physical problem, Jesus not only died to take care of our spiritual issue, our sin, but he died also to, to bring about physical healing. And that physical healing is not just a physical healing that is guaranteed when we enter into to heaven with a glorified body, will there be no more pain, no more sickness, and no more death. No, this teaching believes that that physical healing is for right now. If you'll put your faith in Christ and trust in him, then healing, it's not just a possibility, it is a guarantee. And this is a popular teaching in the charismatic world. I could bring, I could bring all kinds of books from charismatics where they basically quote this. If you go look at some doctrinal statements from, for, for some major charismatic uh, denominations, you will see this stated, that Jesus died not just to heal, not just to save us spiritually, but to guarantee, bring about physical healing. They will quote this, by his stripes, we are healed. That Jesus' work on the cross also guarantees physical healing. And so, 
you know, you don't have to ask, Lord, if it's your will, it is his will. You just have to claim it. You have to name it. You have to believe. That is the teaching, all right? Very popular teaching. I hate the teaching with every ounce of my being, all right? I have seen the absolute horrible damage that it has done. I've seen charismatics tell a woman I worked with, uh, God, has, God guarantees to heal you. You don't have to ask if he will. He has promised to heal you because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. So a woman I worked with, she was diagnosed with cancer. These charismatics came in, told her that it was guaranteed that Jesus died on that cross and by his stripes she is healed. She just needs to claim it. They prayed, she claimed it, she told everyone she was going to be healed, and three months later, she died of cancer. And of course, those charismatics did not show up at that funeral. They didn't uh, go talk to her children and her husband when she went home and told them, hey, God, you know, is going to heal me, it's guaranteed. These people showed me in the Bible that by his stripes I'm healed. Um, they didn't show up to, you know, apologize to that family, no, in a roundabout way, they didn't come straight out and say it, but it was clearly implied that she did not have enough faith because healing's guaranteed. Now, of course, if you think about that logically, if healing is guaranteed, then how does any of us die? If Jesus guaranteed physical healing by his finished work and by his stripes we are healed, then what do we die of? How does that work? <laughs> right? So they don't have any good answers. Well, let me just give you an example. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Here's just one scripture that would be easily overlooked. Easily overlooked, all right? 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 20. Herastus abode at Corinth, but Trophimus have I left at Miletum sick. Read it again. Herastus abode at Corinth, but Trophimus have I left at Miletum sick. Now, here is the Apostle Paul, an apostle, right? The apostles could do signs and wonders. The apostles could heal people, right? But was it guaranteed they could heal everyone? That's the way many people teach it. Well, here's the Apostle Paul. He's writing in 2 Timothy chapter 4, and he writes these words. In fact, uh, I won't go all the way back for the for the uh, you know for the entire context, but he, he's kind of he's he's ending his letter. He's ending the letter of Second Timothy, and he has this statement here: Erastus abode at Corinth, but Trophimus have I left at Miletum sick. He left Trophimus at Miletum. Paul had to leave him there, and he left him there sick. Why didn't Paul just heal him? Why didn't Paul just heal, heal him? Why? Why not? Maybe because healing is not guaranteed. There is no guarantee for physical healing. To teach that is, well, it ignores reality and it denies even the Bible. Read it again. It seems like this is one of those things. You read the verse and I know people will be like, yeah, so, so what? Well, that's a, an, an amazing statement in light of a doctrine that has swept and infiltrated churches all across the United States of America and the world. They teach, no, healing is guaranteed. By his stripes we're healed. That's what they claim. Well, here, Paul, an apostle, right? We would believe that, he, you know, he, he's actually an apostle. He had the authority of the apostle. He had the ability of an apostle, here he is writing, and this is what he states. His words, Erastus, a boat at Corinth, but Trophimus, I left him at Miletum, 
sick. He was sick. Sick of what? We said, just sick of not wanting to go. No, this is implying some kind of physical sickness, some kind of problem, and he was left there. I cannot stress to you that this is just one verse of many that when you read the Bible, you do not come away with some idea that all physical sicknesses can be healed. If I remember correctly, Paul also told Timothy to drink a little wine for his stomach. Why? Why would he need to do that? Why? Just... Timothy, just heal yourself. Just by his stripes, you're healed. Just name it, claim it, and get it. That's not biblical Christianity. That is fraudulent Christianity. That is bad teaching. That is a Christianity, listen to me, you need to run from. Physical healing is not guaranteed. People get sick because we live in a fallen world. Our bodies, listen, they're not perfect. They're not eternal. Our bodies wear down. Our bodies break down. Our bodies experience sickness and disease and injury. It's a part of living in a fallen world with a corrupted body. That's going to be the experience here on earth. We're going to get sick. We're going to get hurt. And listen, and we're going to die. Unless Christ returns, we are going to die. Everyone's going to have to die of something. So obviously, healing cannot be a 100% guarantee. And, I, and, and I, again, I find this, I've told this story so many times. I've worked with people who are charismatic. And guess where I worked? I worked in hospitals my whole military career, right? I was medical, right? Well, guess what? Those charismatics weren't walking around the hospital healing people. No, and guess those same charismatics who, get, who told me and would argue with me and said that I did not have a faith and I did not believe God's word and that I was grieving the Holy Spirit and all the other things they accused me of, one of them claimed to be an apostle themselves. They themselves would make medical appointments. And I was like, why are you making a medical appointment? Or one of the ladies who worked with me, she was part of the praise and worship group for uh, a charismatic church who believed healing was guaranteed. Oh, wait, she would call in sick. She would miss work because of sickness. Why would she ever miss work? Just name it and claim it. And she worked the appointment line. I would tell her all the time, look, you just heal people over the phone. Just do it. But no, and people from her church would come to the doctor. Why? Why are you coming here? Just go to your church and get healed. Doesn't work that way. It's a false teaching. And we see a glimpse of how this teaching is false right here in the words of Timothy and a passage that would be easy to just discount. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 20. Erastus abode at Corinth, but Trophimus have I left at Miletum sick. Paul left someone in a different city because they were sick. He did not heal them. There was no healing. It did not occur. Paul we believe, according to the scriptures, had a problem with his eyes. He wasn't healed. He had a thorn in the flesh. We don't know if that thorn in the flesh represents his eyes. Some try to argue that it was other things. But whatever it was, uh, uh, Paul prayed to have it removed. And, well, it wasn't removed. So there is no guarantee. And just please, I, I just don't, 
Don't allow that false teaching to destroy and hurt people. Don't allow, you need to take a stand against it. You need to A, not support ministries and churches that teach it. You need to not be a member of churches that teach it. You need to challenge people who believe it to reconsider it and realize that that's a false teaching. They need to get out of churches that teach that. And we need to support churches and ministries that reject and stand against it. It's one thing to say, I don't believe it, but I'm not going to stand against it. No, no, no. That teaching destroys lives. It gives people false hope. It places it places guilt upon people believing that they're somehow responsible for why they are still sick. It places guilt upon parents looking at their child in a hospital dying of cancer and they keep praying, praying, and praying for their child and the child dies and they can't figure out, was my faith not sufficient? I mean, by his stripes were healed, why wasn't my child healed? People die every day of all kinds of diseases and this teaching has some way some way it survives in spite of the reality around them and a reality it is not capable of answering. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 20. Erastus abode at Corinth, but Trophimus have I left at Miletum. Sick. A very simple verse, almost tucked away at the end of a letter, when, they, when Family Radio was reading 2 Timothy, I was just following along. Go, oh, that's good. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. Okay, and then he got ready to get to the end uh, because if you go, um, if you go to verse 19, um, he, he kind of concludes his main teaching in the letter, and then he goes, salute Prisca and Aquila, right? And then, uh, and the household of Onesphorus, right? Um, Onesphorus, if I can say his name right. So it's just kind of getting to this this ending, this saluting, greeting, talking, you know, naming some people. And I almost just kind of pushed the Bible aside and thought, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'm going to do something else now for my uh, devotional time. But I decided to, well, I'm that this close to the end of the letter. And then when they read, Erastus abode at Corinth, but Trophimus have I left at my lead, I'm sick. I was like, whoa, 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 there it is. Paul, Paul didn't heal the guy. Why not? Why not? And again, we can find this kind of idea throughout the rest of the Bible. We, we, are, we are to pray for the sick. James talks about, you know, anointing them with oil. I got no problem doing that. Anoint them with oil. Pray for them. I got no problem with that. Right? Pray that it would be God's will to, to, to intervene, to bring healing, to use the doctors to heal, to use medication to heal. Use whatever means necessary. Pray for people who are sick. Pray for people who are hurting. Comfort them. I'm all for that. But don't guarantee that, it, that, it, that healing will occur because you don't know. It, we pray to a sovereign God. We don't control what God does. We don't demand that God does what we want. We humbly beseech him. We humbly ask of him to intervene, praying that, Lord, if it be your will, then by all means do so. If it not be your will, then your will be done. And, and I, I have a charismatic book by Rod Parsley. He's a pastor of a big, a big church in, um, I think it's Columbus, Ohio. All right. I believe it's Columbus, Ohio. I think his ministry is called Breakthrough with Rod Parsley. Um, and I, I think the name of the book is Repairers of the Breach, if I remember correctly. It's got a black cover. I don't know where it is. I've got thousands of books. I have no idea where it is. But in that book, he basically says, don't ask, Lord, if it's your will, Hill. It is God's will. Don't ask if it is. It is. Claim it. 
By his stripes we're healed. And then they quote that from Isaiah. And they turn it into a physical heal, a guarantee of physical healing. Well, you know what? I guarantee it happens year after year after year at that church in Columbus, Ohio, that charismatic church that teaches this. People get sick. People die. Rod Parsley, the pastor, he gets sick. I guarantee he gets sick. I guarantee it. Because we all get sick. And guess what? We don't always get healed. Right? And when I say we don't get healed, in other words, the disease or the sickness or the virus runs its natural course and then it passes and then we move on. Maybe we have to take medication. But according to this teaching, if healing is guaranteed, I don't need doctors. I don't need medication. I don't even need medical insurance because I have Jesus. That's the way the charismatics would like to say it. I have Jesus. I have the best medical insurance in the world. I have Jesus. Right? And they, oh, that stuff drives me crazy. Yeah, and I know I am mocking and I probably should not do that. But it, I, I, I hate it. I hate, the more I talk about this, the angrier I get just because it hurts people so bad. And, and you've, had, you've had those charismatics, charismatic parents who uh, would not take their child to the doctor for something the child could have been cured of and the child dies. And they're like, we don't need the doctor. We don't need medicine. By his stripes, we're healed. And then their child dies. And there have been parents been brought up on child neglect charges, almost being accused of you know, some form of uh, a charge of murder for basically not, not giving the child the medical uh, help that it needed. And they wouldn't because they were like, they had been taught this kind of crazy doctrine. Now there's extremes to it. There's more moderate forms of it. But this idea infiltrates the church. What do I believe the physical healing? Do I believe physical healing is guaranteed and what Christ accomplished on the cross? I do believe physical healing is guaranteed. I do, by, I do believe by his stripes we're healed. But you know when it occurs? When I die and I, am, and I am separated from this body, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord, and then I will receive a glorified body a glorified body that will not die, a glorified body that does not get sick because I'll be in the presence of God and there'll be no more pain. There'll be no more suffering. There'll be no more tears. There'll be no more death because I will no longer be living in a corrupted body in a corrupted world that is, facing, is, re, is dealing with the consequences of the fall. I do believe it's guaranteed, just not now. And the reason I know it's not guaranteed now is because it doesn't, happen all the time. Now, you can argue that it happens sometimes, but that's the sovereign work of God. That's something supernatural. It's not normal, right? And if and again, if it was normal, then it would be easy to, to, to prove. You just go to a charismatic church, teaches this, look at the, let's just follow the health and medical uh, history of all the people in the church. Let's see what happens. They're going to get sick. They're going to get diseases. They're going to end up in hospitals. They're going to end up being admitted going to end up being prescribed medications, they're ultimately going to die. All right, I'll end with reading it one more time. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 20. Aristus abode at Corinth, but Trophimus have I left at Miletum sick. Such a... Uh, it just seems like when you read that, you, you almost don't see the impact of it. But in 2019, that is an impactful verse because it goes against a doctrine that has corrupted the American church. All right, I'll stop right there. Have a great day. It is Wednesday. Be at a church for a Wednesday night service, a Wednesday night service where the Bible is taught. 
theology is taught, church history is taught. If everything goes well tonight, we'll be continuing our study of the 18 points of Pelagianism at Victory Baptist Church. Wasn't happy with Sunday morning's lesson on it, so we're going to review, try to advance the discussion. That'll be uh, the 18 points of Pelagianism tonight at Victory Baptist Church located in Ovalo, Texas. If you can't join us, well, listen to us, because if everything goes right, I will post the sermon this evening. You can keep up with everything that we're doing at Victory Baptist Church, all the sermons, all the teachings, all the devotional messages, everything, church history, hermeneutics, news, commentary, by getting the VBC66 app, and the VBC66 app can be found at the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. The Apple App Store or the Google Play Store, do a search for VBC, which stands for Victory Baptist Church, the number 66. VBC 66. Download the app and you can keep up with everything. Keep your notifications on and we will inform you about what is going on. All right. A lot more I would like to say, but I think I've said enough. God bless.